Oh, you are listening live here to Brand New World on this Thursday, October 13th, 2022. The MLB playoffs have officially kicked off in the American League and the National League Division Series. The NBA is right around the corner. And of course, we have week six in the National Football League. Welcome to Brandon's World here today. As always, I am your host, Brandon Lewis. Now, we do not have a lot of time in the fall season to cover the NBA every single week. We do not have a lot of time to really cover the MLB regular season. We do not really have a ton of time to cover the week college football you know, schedule until we get to about middle of November, December, because there's just so many sports going on. So we occasionally, of course, try to hit on big previews, big series. Today, we are going to be going over my NBA predictions for the 2022-2023 NBA season. I will also be, as always, talking about my Week 6 NFL picks and best bets. Without further ado, let's start by mentioning Game 1 of the ALDS between my Cleveland Guardians and the New York Yankees. Guardians dropped that game 4-1. to one. Now game 2 was supposed to be tonight, but it will be played tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time due to weather, due to rain in New York. So that means Shane, Shane Bieber for the Cleveland Guardians will not be going in game 5 if this series reaches game 5 because you will not be able to pitch from Friday to Monday. So in my opinion, what about this puts the Guardians behind the eight ball? It's why winning game one of that series was so important for them. I did not think Cal Quantrill pitched that bad. He made the two mistakes. Of course, the one to Rizzo and the one to Cabrera. Both left the ballpark. Yankees, as I said, ended up winning the game four to one. Ironically, the Guardians' only home run came off a solo shot, Stephen Quant off of Garrett Cole uh, in the third inning. But the Guardians, they had opportunities in the fifth inning and in the seventh inning to get a runner on base, to get a run, to put pressure on. And the offense this whole postseason has not been able to hit with runners in scoring position. So listen, we saw that error by Oscar Gonzalez very early in like the fourth or fifth inning. That is going to cost you in game. But Oscar Gonzalez is young. Just like Josh Naylor, just like Andreas Jimenez, you know, just like almost every other person on this Cleveland Guardians team. We've talked about it multiple times, how they are not only the youngest team in Major League Baseball, but they are the youngest team in AAA as well. And when you are going up against an experienced staff, like a Garrett Cole, like an Anthony Rizzo, like an Aaron Judge of the Yankees, guys that have been in the postseason, guys that have, you know, had tremendous postseason success, it's really showing how young this team is. None of us expect the Cleveland Guardians to win the World Series this year. I think that that is a given. But I think that these guys really play their tails off. And the biggest key when you play in that Yankee Stadium with that short right field porch is to limit the bombs, the damage. And Cal Quantro again, he walked a couple pitches in the middle of the plate. The Yankees capitalized on him. The Guardians cannot capitalize with runners in scoring position, and that was the difference in the ballgame. It is a much-needed win on Friday for the Guardians. They need to come back to progressive field. We need to be here on Monday, potentially talking about Game 5, or this could be one of the last times we talk about a Guardians game 
this season. So with that being said, you know, I really do feel that Shane Bieber can come out. He can sort of make a play, get the Guardians to a 1-1 situation. He really needs a pitch while the Guardians offense needs to step up. And if you go 1-1 going into progressive field, you're going to feel a lot better about your chances than, than the Yankees going up 2-0, needing to win only one of those games in Cleveland to clinch and go to the AOCS where it looks like that they will play Houston after their phenomenal comeback against Seattle. But who knows? As we said, the baseball playoffs are weird. Home field advantage doesn't necessarily mean as much in baseball as it does in, in other sports. You know, the Padres and Dodgers are tied 1-1, and so are the Phillies and Braves in the National League. And then, of course, tonight we'll see what happens between Seattle and Houston if that gets to 1-1. So, I really think these baseball players have been defined by home run inning and by pitching. You know, we've seen road and home teams kind of split games. They've been very even series. Of course, the Guardians and the Yankees are the only series in the divisional series where it's not actually a divisional game. So I think it's been a very entertaining MLB playoff so far. And let's hope the Cleveland Guardians can win game two tomorrow. Again, that is a 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern start on Friday, October 14th. And now we're going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and give my NBA predictions. This is for the 2022-2023 season. Again, I'm not going to spend a hell of a lot of time on this because the NBA is, is 82 games. You know, once football gets out of the way in February, then we really start diving into the NBA, Major League Baseball, NFL offseason, professional wrestling and all that stuff. Mostly during football season, though, I like to keep these podcasts really more NFL-based. But October is such a busy month, and both we have to cover a boatload of topics. But these are going to be my Eastern Conference predictions. And I'm not doing the 1 through 15 seed. I am only doing the 1 through 10. Of course, 9 and 10 are the play-in tournament teams. But here we go. Starting with the Eastern Conference again. Number one, I got the Milwaukee Bucks. I believe that Chris Middleton was healthy last year in the uh, second-round matchup against the Boston Celtics. The Bucks would have defeated the Celtics. They would have defeated the Miami Heat. And I believe that they would have faced Golden State in the NBA Finals. I think the Bucks with Drew Holiday, with Giannis, with Chris Middleton, with, with all of their supporting cast, Brooke Lopez, of course, as well. I think the Bucks, who are the best player in the NBA with Giannis Antetokounmpo, are the team to beat in the East the two seed. Now you gotta remember this is regular season. This is not based off playoffs experience and I believe that the Cleveland Cavaliers have legitimate potential to be the number two seed in the Eastern Conference this year. They were top three seed last year when LD and then of course Evan Mobley who I think will be a generational talent and me and my co-host of the All Things Cleveland Cavaliers podcast Joey Schneider for Believe Win Media talk about this pretty much every single podcast how great we think Evan Mobley is going to be and so you add in with Jared Allen Evan Love uh obviously the addition of Donovan Mitchell you have Dean Wade Isaac Okoro Garrett Levert the Cavs are one of the deepest teams in the week and I think that that will benefit them in the regular season I think they are hungry to prove people wrong and I don't trust the chemistry with teams like Philadelphia and Boston to overtake the Cavs. I think the Cavs make a significant jump, and I think there's real potential they finish as the number two seed in the Eastern Conference. 
Third, I'm going to take Miami, Eric Spolstra, just mostly because of the coaching. I don't like their roster even better than, than the cast. I don't like it better than Boston. I don't like it better than Philly. But I do think that Miami is, again, a very good regular season team. Much like the Cavs, they play very hard on the defensive end. Miami was obviously the number one seed last year, though I thought it was a little bit of a puffer, you know, with that number, with that number one seed. I think you could certainly, you know, two, three, four, five, the teams that I'm going to list here, you could put them in really any order. But I do think Milwaukee is going to be the best team. I'll put Miami at three. I'll put Philly at four. And this is mostly because of the emergence of Tyrese Max. I do not trust James Harden. To me, he is an injury pro. He's a great regular season player, but he's injury pro. He has come up short time and time again in the postseason. And if Tyrese Maxey becomes the sixth or second best player, which he looked good at the end of the last season and early on in training camp and preseason this season, Philadelphia with Joel Embiid is always a difficult task to guard. Doc Rivers has always been a great regular season coach. We know what Danny Green, Seth Curry, we know what these Sixers are going to bring in, in the regular season. The question is, is it always going to be postseason for Philadelphia? Five seed, I'm going to put Boston. I'm not going to lie here. If it wasn't for the Ime Udoka situation, I would probably put Boston at either the two or the three spot. But I think Boston, we love Jason Tatum. We love Jalen Brown, who I thought at times last year in the NBA Finals, show that Jalen Brown is the 1B instead of a number 2 option if you were to Jason Tatum. Some nights he looked even better than Tatum. But Boston's had a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. I don't particularly like that that much about Boston, which one I'm going to lower them a little bit, but they're talent. You know, Robert Williams, Grant Williams, Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Brogdon, as we mentioned, the true point guard they needed. It is all good talent for Boston that I think, you know, postseason time will be valuable. 16, I'm going to put the Atlanta Hawks. I think the addition of DeJounte Murray is going to improve Trey Young. You hear to that John Collins, the quick about a Kevin Huber. They have a lot of guys that can shoot the basketball. I don't know how good Atlanta is going to be defensively, but I think that they are going to be a little bit better than they were last season when they were the number nine seed going into the, the playing tournament i think dejounte murray much like i think donovan mitchell you know is, is worth the upgrade for the Cavs. who again i think if they weren't hurt last year they'd be at least a top four seed i think donovan mitchell puts the Cavs the two i think dejounte murray puts atlanta from nine to six obviously there is a lot of competition in that eastern conference now, number seven might be the biggest wild card of them all, but I'm going to put the Brooklyn Nets. Admittedly, if Ben Simmons works out for the Nets and Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant could get along and the Nets have great chemistry, Brooklyn could beat out the Cavs for the two seed. Hell, they could even beat out Milwaukee for the number one seed, I believe. The reason why I put Brooklyn at number seven is because I think that, that in the regular season, they are going to struggle. We've already seen Kevin Durant has requested a trade, which I constantly said throughout the offseason I would not honor. I'm glad Brooklyn did not honor that trade. You know, we know Kyrie Irving is very moody. Is he going to decide to drop 40 or 50 a night, or is he going to only play good, you know, away from Barkley's time? We don't know the situation with Ben Simmons. We don't even know how well him, you know, Kyrie and KD play together. So there's a lot of what if this Brooklyn, and again, to me, they could fall anywhere 
between really the number one seed and the play-in tournament. This is kind of keeping it safe, but I would not be surprised where Brooklyn ends up. You know, you're going to see if their chemistry gets along and they are ho-humming with Steve Nash. They're going to be in that top echelon of the Eastern Conference. So I just am again playing it on the safe side. And then number eight, I'm going to put the, the Toronto Raptors, who I think, you know, with Fred Van Vliet, with, with Scotty Barnes, with that talent that they have offensive, I think the Raptors are, you know, OG and Anobi as well. I think the Raptors are a pretty good basketball team, and I think that they are a good playoff team in this up Eastern Conference. So I will put them at eight. At number nine, I'm going to have the Charlotte Hornets, so I think led, led by LaMelo Ball, who again are, are another good team, but they are a team where again we saw last year, you know, the Cavs, the Hawks, the Hornets, three very good teams. The Cavs ended up being this, the eighth seed at 44 wins. This Eastern Conference is going to be very competitive, and so I think Charlotte is definitely a lock for the postseason. And number 10, I'm going to put Chicago. They they were the sixth seed last year. I think they do take a little bit of a step back this year. I think Atlanta's better. I think, you know, Brooklyn could be obviously better. Toronto, to me, is, is a little bit better. And kind of Charlotte-Chicago is a little bit of a toss-up. Did not love the way Chicago finished at the end of last season, which is why I'm going to put them 10. My best prediction coming out of, of the Eastern Conference would be Milwaukee. I would give them the best shot. Now the West. The West is a little bit more interesting because obviously Utah got rid of Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. So that means who is going to replace them, you know, as one of the top echelon teams in the Western Conference. At number one, I have the Golden State Warriors. I don't really care about that Draymond Green, Jordan Poole fight. I really don't. Yes, Draymond Green did cold cock him and yes, it looked bad. But listen, Richard Jefferson said the other day that there were hands thrown when the Cavs won the 2016 championship. We've seen guys go at it. To me, it's the spirit of competition. We know Draymond Green's personality, and we know how Golden State handles things. I think this is all going to be handled internally. No, the video should have not been leaked, but I think Golden State's going to be okay. I think then oh, somebody knocks them off. You know, we saw last year the lethalness of Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Jordan Poole. Those three guards, you know, Andrew Wiggins, who was phenomenal last year in his role in Golden State. I think we see Golden State once again take that top seed in the Western Conference. Second seed, I'm going to have the Memphis Grizzlies. I think that Memphis is a lot like the Cavs, right? Last year, obviously, led by a star player in, in John Moran. Brandon Clark, Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks, you know, um, Adams, the... the the center, I think Memphis is a really young team led by a couple veterans who I think will perform great, and I think Memphis ends up getting the number two seed in the West. Number three, I think, is Dallas. I think, you know, Luka Dondage, obviously, with the addition of Jalen Brunson, Spencer Didwitty, they'll take a little bit of pressure. Christian Wood is there as well, so I think they take a little bit of pressure off Luka Dondage, and obviously, they are a great regular season team. Number four, I'm going to have the Clippers. I think the addition of Kawhi Leonard back, hopefully healthy for both season to go along with Paul George and the great coaching at Tyron Wu puts the Clippers as a top four seed in the West. Same thing with Denver, number five. You could flip-flop really Nuggets and Clippers all you want, but I think Jamal Murray coming back for Denver makes Denver a good basketball team. 
Minnesota adding Rudy Gobert alongside early town Anthony Edwards. They have talent on that Minnesota team. I'm going to put them at six. And then Phoenix. I think Phoenix the last two years has been a great regular season team. I think that they really overachieved. I think there's some internal discord, if you will, going on between the great center, DeAndre Aiden, the coach, Monty Williams. Chris Paul, you know, has been inconsistent, really, down the stretch the last couple of years. Feels that they want to make it more Devin Booker's team. Chris Paul looks like he got old at the end of last season. So I think Phoenix is still a playoff team in the West. But I think that they will certainly take a step back. And at number eight, listen, he's already injured, as we saw last night in their preseason game. But alongside Brandon Ingram, if Zion Williamson stays healthy, I think the Pelicans, alongside Josh Hart and a lot of their other good pieces, are good enough to be a playoff team in the Western Conference. So then you get to the play-in tournament teams. And listen, the West is not very good at the bottom, right? Blazers are led by Damian Lowert. That is about it. You know, you have Utah, who we already mentioned, is trying to tank for the great Victor Winnebaya alongside the Spurs, the Thunder, the Rockets. So there's not a lot of ton of great options. I'm not saying the Lakers and Kings are going to be great basketball teams because I don't think Russell Westbrook's going to work in L.A. I do like the Patrick Beverly edition coming over from Minnesota, giving them some some veteran toughness. But I think, you know, this is just kind of a caveat of the West being so bad at the bottom rather than the Lakers improving from last season. So I'm going to put the Lakers at 9. I'll put the Kings at 10. I don't think the Lakers would beat the Pelicans at they had. I don't think they'd beat Phoenix, Minnesota, Denver, Clippers, Dallas, or Memphis. And so if I had to guess, I think the Lakers are either a 9 or 10 seed. I do think that they do make the postseason, but I think it's going to be difficult for them in the regular season. And again, I think that we are really on a collision course here for a Golden State Milwaukee NBA Finals. I think we should have had it last year if Chris Middleton wasn't hurt. Again, this is all based off who's going to be healthy. I think the Clippers with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and the great coach and Tyron Lue could potentially give Golden State some problems. I think Golden State's death, which, which, you know, again, with those kids, with James Wiseman, you know, coming up and getting involved this year. They didn't even really play that much uh, last year down the stretch. I think Golden State could potentially be even better as they look to go back-to-back once again without Kevin Durant this time on their team. So I think the Golden State dynasty keeps going. Obviously, I think Giannis Antetokounmpo will have something to say about it. I think that in the West, there's really only three teams that say that they can have a legitimate shot at potentially winning the championship, that being Golden State, Memphis, and the Clippers. Dallas, Luka Dodgers is great, but I don't trust them yet. In the East, I think it's a little bit different. You know, I think the Bucks, Cavs, Heat, Sixers, Celtics, all can say that they have a shot to make it out, out of the East. But I think as long as Milwaukee is healthy, they are the best team. And with that, here we go. It is time. Week six in the National Football League. Now, last week, for the first time since week one, we were under 500 in best bets. We went two for five. We are now 30 
for 13. That's only 43% of the year. We want to be near 50% for best bets. So we're going to have to ramp it up as well as we are only, again, this is only going to be for five weeks of the season, but we are only eight games above 500 and straight up money line. That feels like a terrible record at only 44 and 36. So we have to pick it up this week. And there is a terrible Thursday night football game that I am not going to spend a lot of time on. Without further ado, let's go to turn on that football music. I like a lot of the lines this week. And this is a line that Commanders at the Bears. Commanders are favored by half a point on the road. Pretty much a pick em game. Whoever you like, though I don't think anybody really likes any of these teams going into tonight's Thursday night football battle. Justin Fields has barely completed, I think, 50%, if even that, of his passes this season. The Bears are running an offense straight out of out of 50 years ago. They're not explosive at all offensively. They rely a lot on their defense. Of course, Ron Rivera called out his quarterback, Carson Wentz, who Carson Wentz has not played well this season at all. He has held the football way too long. But the fact of the matter is he has way many more passing touchdowns, 10, than the second-best quarterback in the NFC East does, that being four, and that would be Jalen Hurts and Daniel Jones. So, you know, Carson Wentz, he does have weapons, obviously, with uh, with, with Dodson, Curtis Samuel, Scary Terry. But I think the Bears at home, the Bears have played really well at, at home this season. And I think they rally around that Chicago crowd in a low-scoring defensive battle where Ron Rivera used to play at Soldier Field, 1985 Bears. I think Ron Rivera suffers another defeat. And with this comment of Wentz this, this week, which was not a ring endorsement at all, we could see Ron Rivera being next to Matt Rule as the next guy to be fired in the National Football League. Next game, we got the Patriots at the Browns. Now, this is going to be one of my best bets of the weekend. Browns are favored by two and a half. But I like the New England side of this. I'm taking the underdog. I'm taking New England to win and to cover the two and a half plus point spread here against the Browns. Listen, we saw what Bill Belichick's defense did last week against the Detroit Lions. Jared Goff was great in a dome the first four weeks of the season. He was not great outside. He rattled Jared Goff. Bill Belichick is still one of the best, if not the best defensive coach in football when it comes to playing marginal quarterbacks. He may not be able to play Josh Allen, but he can certainly play Jacoby Brissett and a running offense like the Browns. New England has great corners on the outside. They're going to force Jacoby Brissett to get the ball to Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, David Njoku. I don't think he can do it. Last year, New England obviously destroyed the Browns with Baker Mayfield, and that game was in New England. But I think Bailey Zappi and Matt Jones are almost a carbon copy of each other, and I really do like New England here to win and cover against the Browns. Next game, we got the Jets at the Packers. Now, this is a very interesting, tricky game, in my opinion. Green Bay is favored by seven points. And listen, the Jets won a game last week against the Dolphins where they put up over 20 points in the fourth quarter. A lot of that, though, was defensive and turnover based. Zach Wilson is certainly playing better, you, you know, with with uh, Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson and those receivers and Brees Hall and Michael Carter running back. Uh, Elijah Vera Tucker on, on the offensive line. But I think the Jets at 3-2 are still not a very good football team. 
I think Green Bay is angry, right? They've heard the talk all week about how bad they played in the second half in London. Look for Aaron Rodgers to try to trust those rookie receivers a little bit more. Christian Watson, if he plays, Romeo Dobbs. And then I think Alan Wazar will also have a good game. And I think Green Bay bounces back. Again, a lot of this is instinct, which is why I'm not going to bet the game. But I do like Green Bay to win here. And I would not be surprised if they did cover the seven-point spread. This game I'm also betting here. I'm taking the Viking side of this. They are favored on the roll by three and a half against the Miami Dolphins. Now, this was Teddy Bridgewater going up against his former team in Minnesota. I'm not sure I would bet this game. But nothing from Skylar Thompson last week gave me any confidence that the kid can go out there and put up points against a Minnesota offense that last week exploded against Chicago. And when you have an offense in mind like Evan O'Connell, Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, Adam Seward, or Irv Smith, Delvin Cook, Alexander Madison. Miami's defense got torched by Baltimore week two. They did not play well against Cincinnati in week four, and they did not really play that well last week against the New York Jets. I think you can get after the Dolphins, who I think are a little bit of a better football team than what their record shows when two attack of Iowa is in there. I think they are a different team, and so for that matter, I'm taking Minnesota minus three and a half. Next game, and I am going to bet this game as well. Give me the San Francisco 49ers minus five and a half against the Atlanta Falcons. I think the Falcons days of being five or five and covering every game this year comes to an end. I think San Francisco, that last week went down to Carolina and took apart the Panthers. They look very good against an Atlanta defense that is not very good against the pass. They're not even very good against the run. They're just a bad defense in general. They can get big plays. Now, San Francisco plays a lot of good man coverage. We'll see what happens. Obviously, Emmanuel Mosley is out with a Ford ACO. He's not coming back this season. So, you know, we'll see how that affects San Francisco. But I really think Jeff Wilson, George Kittle, Brandon IU, Debo Samuel, San Francisco just controls the game. They forced Marcus Mariota to pass with a bad offensive line. Nick Boats and that's Ash Rush gets after Atlanta, and San Francisco does cover, indeed, the five-and-a-half-point spread. So, again, one o'clock window here, betting New England, Minnesota, and San Francisco so far early on. This was another game that I would bet, but I like better lines this week. As I said, there are a lot of lines I, I love this week. It's just trying to pick the best five, which is often really hard uh, to do. But I'm going to take Tampa here. Minus eight and a half. If I was betting this, I bet the Tampa side of this. I think Pittsburgh looks terrible. They cannot run the ball, which the Bucks do a great job at running the ball. Todd Bowles is going to blitz the ever-living hell out of Kenny Pickett. Todd Bowles one of the best defensive minds in the National Football League still. Tampa Bay still is one of the best defenses in the league. I think this is a get-right game for Tom Brady and crew against an Pittsburgh secondary that is not good. I think a winner for Fournette can even have a good day. Well, for Godwin and Mike Evans have a good day. And as I said before the season started, I do not think the Pittsburgh Steelers are a very good football team at all. I think we saw it last week in Buffalo. The tendency is usually, right? Oh, Mike Tomlin is Mike Tomlin. 
he will bounce back, and the Steelers are gonna look really good. Without EJ Watt, they cannot rush the passer, and if they did not block that field goal week one against Cincinnati, they could very well be 0-5. I'm taking Tampa Bay here, minus 8.5. Again, not going to bet it, but I really do love the line. And if I was betting it, I would take the Tampa Bay side. All right, next game, Cincinnati and New Orleans. I am going to bet this game. Cincinnati, I'm taking them minus 2 against the Saints. I do not think that Andy Doan takes him ill. I do not think it's going to happen again. I don't think Taysom Hill is going to score four touchdowns again. I do not think Andy Dalton is going to move the ball well against that Bengals defense, which may be one of the most underrated defenses in the National Football League. Everybody thinks Cincinnati is hungover. But as I said before, they have a new offensive line. Joe Burrow did not take his first snap, you know, since the Super Bowl before week one. And all three of their losses have been on the last play of the game by a field goal kick. That, to me, some of it is just bad watch. Yes, Joe Burrow needs to take care of the football a little bit more and get rid of the ball a lot quicker. The Saints defense, they gave up over 30 points to Seattle last week. Their defense, March on Lattimore, Cam Jordan, it's not as good as we once thought it was. The Saints have regrets under Dennis Allen now, as coach, obviously, it used to be. Sean Payton, who now works at Fox. I think this is a get-right game for the, for the Bengals, and I think the Saints are back to being the, the Aints, if you will. I think Cincinnati covers here. I'm betting them minus two. Next game, we got Baltimore at the Giants, and the Ravens are favored by five. I know a lot of people like the Giants side of this because everybody likes how hard the Giants are playing at four and one. I don't. I think this is a game where was it, the Giants have not been very good against the run this season. I think this is a game, and I know Wink Martindale, who is the former Ravens DC, is now the Giants DC, and he knows Lamar Jackson. Well, Lamar Jackson also went against Wink Martindale every day in practice, and I think Baltimore, as I mentioned, they've only trailed for 17 seconds all season long. So unlike the Giants and Jets, who are, you know, 3-2 and two or 4-1, and, and I don't like the way they've been playing. I love the way Baltimore at 3-2 and two looks. I think the Ravens have looked like one of the best teams in the National Football League this year. They just have to figure out how to hold on the leads. I think they go in there. I think they bully the Giants. I think they get after Daniel Jones. And I realize their secondary is not very good. But guess what? The Giants wide receivers are not very good either. I think this is a wake-up call for the Giants. I think the Ravens go in there. And again, I'm not betting it, but if I was going to bet this game, I'd take the Ravens side of it because I think there's real potential here for the Ravens to stomp on the New York Giants football parade. Next game, we got the Jaguars and Colts. And this game, Colts favored by two and a half. This is one of the most interesting games in the one o'clock window because you have Indianapolis. Coming off, obviously, that Thursday night disaster, they somehow found a way to win against the Denver Broncos. They get a couple more days to prepare for a Jacksonville team who annihilated them a month ago, 24 to nothing, and they have struggled against Jacksonville, and they are going to look to get that monkey off their back. However, Jacksonville and Doug Peterson, they are coming off two bad losses. They did not look good on the road to the Eagles in the rain in week four, and they looked even worse at home against the Houston Texans in week five. 
that cannot happen. Doug Peterson is too good of a coach. Listen, Frank Reich is also a good coach. But I've seen Jacksonville this year be way more explosive than the Colts. I think the Colts make this close. I think that they are going to compete. They're going to look to win their first division game of the season. Five out of their first seven games this season are, are in the division. And they can very well be 0-4-1 or 1-3-1 as they go to Tennessee next week. And as I always say, until they beat Tennessee, I'm not picking them. So this is a very tough game, but I'm going to take Jacksonville on the road. Now, this line I love here, Rams minus 10.5. I do think that there is some potential because we saw the Rams offensive line has not been able to block this season. We know Carolina just fired Matt Rule, but they have a phenomenal front seven. And sometimes when you have an, an interim coach, that first game with Steve Wilkes, the team likes to shock the world, led by P.J. Walker, who, as we saw in the XFL with the Houston Roughnecks, he's not a great quarterback, but he can certainly manipulate the pocket and play well from the pocket. I think this is a big game here for the Rams. They need to get this. This needs to be a get-right game. You just don't trust the Rams yet. Like I said, Carolina very easily shot the world and covered this game and maybe have a great chance to win the football game. Absolutely. Though I don't see it, I think the Rams are going to win the game. And I think if you're a Rams fan, you have to want to cover this game to feel good about your football team going forward. Because if you don't cover against an interim and coach and P.J. Walker, we saw them struggle against Dallas. We saw them struggle to handle Arizona. You, you know, we saw the um, the Bills game week one. The Rams are not looking like a very good football team. San Francisco in week four threw them around as well. So that back-to-back bad game for the Rams. I think Sean McVay needs to bounce back this week. Now, this might be one of my craziest bets of the whole year so far. I'm going to take Seattle in a dog roll here. Plus two and a half. I just really like the way Geno Smith is playing. I really like the energy that Pete Carroll and the Seahawks have brought and actually at home. And I don't love the way that Arizona every game this season, no matter if they're playing a good defense or a bad defense, Kyler Murray did not start the game off well. And I think if Arizona kids be eyed against the Seattle team that put up points against Denver. They put up points against Detroit. They put up points against New Orleans. And they really put up points against Atlanta. The only bad game they played was against San Francisco. I don't think Arizona is on San Francisco's level. I think they're more on those, on those other team levels. And I really don't know who Arizona has a defensive back to guard Freddie Swain, to guard DK Metcalf. To guard Tyler Lockett and now Kenneth Walker, the rookie, is going to get his chance with Rashard Penny going down. Maybe I'm drinking the Seahawks Kool-Aid too much because I thought they were going to be one of the worst teams in football this year. And they have shocked me with how well they played. But give me Seattle here in my last best bet at plus two and a half against Arizona. Now obviously this could be the game of the day, right? Bills at Chiefs. A lot of people are shocked. The Buffalo is favored by two and a half. But I'm here to say we all know the Bills aren't going to hide from it. They have revenge on their mind. Jim Nance, Tony Romo, Tracy Wilson, sit back and enjoy the show. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Stephon Diggs, Travis Elsie. Offense, 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 offense. 
If you have fantasy players in this game, I would not be afraid to throw them all off. I think they are going to want to live up to the fireworks show that it was last year in Kansas City. Now, last year in week five, on Sunday Night Football, Buffalo went in there and they buried Kansas City. They are not afraid of Andy Reid. They are not afraid of Patrick Mahomes. And the addition of Von Miller on that defensive front will make Patrick Mahomes just think a little bit. And yes, Kansas City came back against Las Vegas. And yes, Travis Kelsey, for all you fantasy owners out there, had four touchdowns on barely, I believe, what, 30 yards of receiving. But he had four touchdowns, making everybody, including me, that was playing him absolutely scared to death. We know Kansas City's explosive, but their defense or secondary is to be had. I think Buffalo is the overall better football team this year. I think the Bills go in there, Josh Allen, and I see them winning this game in one of the best football games potentially of the year. Now, also, the game of the year at this point could be on Sunday Night Football. We have two great back-to-back games. Not only Bills-Chiefs, but then Cowboys-Eagles. Sunday Night Football, the Eagles, the only undefeated team left in the National Football League. Led by Jalen Ertz, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard on the offensive side of the football against Micah Parsons and the Cowboys defense. Cowboys offense led by C.D. Lamb and Ezekiel Elliott, Cooper Rush managing the game at quarterback against Hassan Ruddick, Brandon Graham, James Bradbury, Darius Slay, and then Philadelphia secondary. Eagles-Cowboys, one of the biggest rivalries in all of the NFL, and this could be for first place exclusively in the NFC East if the Ravens knock off the Giants, which I believe that they will do in the early window. We know these two teams hate each other. We know it's going to be a great game Sunday night. I'm going to pick Philadelphia at all, though I think this will be the closest game both teams have played all year to this point. I think it comes down to the, to the last possession. Whether it comes down to Philadelphia getting a field goal or getting a stop, I think, I think the Eagles will win this game in a great game Sunday night. I'm going to go by a final score of 27-24 Philadelphia. And that leads me to Denver at uh, LA. I almost said San Diego. Denver at LA. Monday Night Football. Chargers favored by five. Not going to bet the game, obviously. But I will take the Chargers. There's no way I'm taking Nathaniel Hackett on the road in L.A. And Russell Wilson, who seems like he has a wet injury. Going up against Justin Arbor, Brandon Staley, and the aggressive Chargers. Until we see Denver get back on track. So as a reminder, we have the Bears at home. in one of the worst primetime games on paper in history. And who knows, it may turn into a pretty good game. But as of right now, it's one of the worst on paper. I'm taking New England. I'm betting them plus two and a half to win and cover against the Browns. Taking Green Bay over the Jets. Taking Minnesota to win. Betting them minus three and a half at Miami. Taking San Francisco to win and cover the five and a half at Atlanta. Taking Tampa Bay over Pittsburgh. Cincinnati over New Orleans. And I'm going to take them and the points at minus two. Baltimore over the Giants. Jacksonville over the Colts. Rams at home over Carolina. Seattle at home, I'm taking them plus two and a half against Arizona. Buffalo on the road over Kansas City. Philly at home over Dallas Sunday night. Chargers at home over Denver Monday night. I do like a lot of road teams this week. The only home teams I like are the Bears, 
Packers, Rams, Seahawks, and then Eagles and Cardinals. That'll do it for today's Brandon's World. We will be back here on Monday, hopefully breaking down maybe a Guardian's potential. Maybe they win three in a row. Who knows? Maybe they're going on to the AOCS, or maybe it is game five against the New York Yankees. Puts all of this terrific week six NFL action. We'll see you guys then. And